0: Welcome to The Pulpit, Calvary Moravian's weekly sermon podcast. I'm Pastor Lane Sapp. And I'm Pastor Chaz Snyder. We hope you'll be able to use this recording of last week's sermon to dwell deeper in God's Word.
1: Our epistle text today is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Besides this, you know what hour it is. How it is full time now for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. Let us then cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves becomingly as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, Chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they did not know until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One is taken and one is left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One is taken and one is left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the householder had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have watched and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated.
0: Let us join now in a time of quiet meditation and prayer. O God of hope, as we enter this season of Advent, We wait with expectant joy to hear again the chorus of the angels, bringing the world news of light in the face of Jesus Christ. And in a world that is often laden with darkness, where sin, despair, and hopelessness seem to lurk at every corner, Advent comes to bring comfort and expectant hope that your son has been born to dwell with us and to bring us light. So we remember before you this day, those who long to discover hope, who need to experience your presence in their lives. We remember those who wander our streets We pray for those who are lost in systems, which often leave them desperate and alone. We pray for those around the world this day who are fearful because of war and violence, and who indeed long for the day when Isaiah's vision will come true, and the lion will indeed lie down with the lamb. In this season, we welcome the Prince of Peace into our hearts and let us be peacemakers who work for peace, beginning in our own homes, our churches, and in our communities. We remember too before you, O God of light, those in our congregation who long for your presence. We remember those who grieve, who find this time of year so difficult. We remember those who have been hospitalized, those who are recovering and those in therapy. We call to remembrance, especially those who are lonely and afraid. And may we as a community of faith, surround them with the assurance of our love in both word and action. And now, O God, who is changeless, remind us that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that even among the changes and challenges of life, your promise remains strong and true and certain, for you are indeed Emmanuel, God with us. And now may the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts this morning be acceptable unto you because you are indeed our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I guess you could call me Ebenezer Scrooge. I guess you could say that I am behind the times, but I find myself getting very irritated when just days after Halloween, I was in a store and I heard Christmas carols playing in the background. Christmas tree sales, it seems, began earlier and earlier, and even before Thanksgiving, the advertising industry is using the magic of Christmas to sell us a variety of products. Black Friday sales events seem to come earlier and earlier and earlier, and before we know it, we are all caught up in a celebration of Advent and Christmas that culture defines for us rather than our faith. Unfortunately, the season where we proclaim peace on earth has become a season of anxiety. Unrealistic expectations, even chaos, rather than a celebration of our liberation from those things. I often find myself sympathizing with Charlie Brown, who discovers that his dog Snoopy, after entering a Christmas lights display contest, covers his whole doghouse with gaudy decorations. What's going on here, Charlie Brown declares. Oh no, my dog has even gone commercial. The commercialization, the craziness we increasingly witness this time of year is precisely why we need the example of the ancient and wise church leaders who centuries ago placed this four-week period of Advent in the church calendar to give Christians adequate time to prepare themselves spiritually for the most important season of the faith calendar, the remembrance of Jesus' birth. Advent, which literally means coming, is a time when we are called to follow the admonition, admonition of Jesus' forerunner, John the Baptist, and prepare the way of the Lord to make an inward journey of the heart to take an inventory so to speak and perhaps remove those obstacles from our path that might block the Lord's coming again to our hearts this Christmas traditionally in the early days of Christianity we're told that Advent was a time for increased seasons of prayer and fasting and repentance a sort of spiritual house cleaning you might say Today, there aren't many fasts among us because the partying usually begins at Thanksgiving. And by the end of the year, we all complain about the extra pounds we've put on and how we're going to lose it in the new year. And in our instant gratification world, where we want what we want right now, Advent comes to remind us that waiting is a needed spiritual discipline, a time to patiently anticipate with joy the long-awaited birth of a child. When I was young, I remember so vividly the excitement I felt when right before the first Sunday of Advent, my grandparents would give me a paper Advent calendar The calendar would be carefully placed on my bedroom door and each morning before going to school, a new door of the calendar would be opened, each one representing a day until Christmas. And behind the door on the calendar was a picture or maybe a scripture verse which taught something about the coming of Jesus Christ and I can still feel that glittery paper of the advent calendar beneath my fingers the building excitement of lighting the Advent wreath each Sunday at the dining room table while we as a family expectantly waited for Christmas. These next four weeks, they offer us a wonderful opportunity if we'll take advantage of it. To go against, yes, I said it, The cultural Christmas expectations and let go of other people's expectations of what this season is supposed to be for us. So that Christmas will not come and go leaving us 5 to 10 pounds heavier in debt, stressed, exhausted and ready for it all to be over with. You may say, I just don't have the time. I don't have the time between parties and shopping and decorating and baking and wrapping packages and attending events to prepare spiritually. Are you nuts, Lane? Yet I think the Lord would say that if we don't think we have the time to prepare ourselves spiritually for his coming, then perhaps our priorities are a little misguided and need some rearrangement. Maybe Charlie Brown was right. We've given in to what others expect of us or what we expect of ourselves instead of what God desires for us this season. Our epistle text, which Lillian read this morning, has been the assigned text for the first Sunday of Advent for centuries. It's from Paul's letter to the church in Rome, and he encourages them to be vigilant in living the life of faith, to wake from sleep, he calls it, because salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. You see, Paul believed, as did other Christians in his day, that Jesus would return to earth in his lifetime. And that's why he remarks that salvation is nearer than we first believed. And because of that great expectation, Paul encourages the believers in Rome to cast off, he says, the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Put away those things that prevent or block or distort the light of Christ from illuminating your life. One translation renders Paul's this, renders Paul's words this way. The night is almost over and dawn is about to break. Wake up. Wake up to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We cannot afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours, he says, in frivolity and indulgence, in bickering, and in grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed, Paul says don't linger waiting till the last minute dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about the new revised standard version says it this way put on the lord jesus christ now in these next 4 weeks even us men folk will spend some time thinking about what we are going to wear to various functions. All the festive but tacky sweaters, the clothes, the reds, the greens, the Grinch ties, the plaids and the tartans and the ho-ho socks. But Advent calls us to think about another set of clothes more than the outer trappings we usually associate with the season, but to think instead of how we can put on Jesus Christ as our festive garment, clothing ourselves in his love and grace and abiding in Christ more fully so that we can prepare ourselves for this glorious news that awaits us. But how do we do that? How do we put on Christ more fully in these next weeks so that we're ready and prepared to receive this joyful message? I believe one of the main ways we do that is by being intentionally intentional about carving out some time and the craziness of this season to feed ourselves spiritually. And such a decision might mean, in fact I think it will mean, saying no to some of the things that really aren't necessary to do. Things that might tire or drain us. Things that might bring extra stress into what is already a busy time. To put on Jesus Christ in this season might just mean saying no to all the cultural pressures that surround us And instead say yes to spending more time with the one who wants to clothe us with a renewing garment of love. If music feeds your soul and it brings you close to God, why not attend a Christmas concert that will nourish you? If decorating your home feeds you and helps you focus more on God's gift to you this season, then do it but consider doing away this season with all the oughts and the shoulds. All of those things everybody else thinks that we need to do at Christmas. Maybe putting on Christ this season is doing away with the things that don't bring you joy. Things that add to your burden rather than lifting it. You see, it will be hard to put on Jesus Christ as our festive garment if we're tired or grumpy or stressed out. Part of observing Advent in our culture, when we're expected to do everything in order for it truly to be Christmas, will mean saying no even when others, friends, and yes, family, may not understand. But putting on Christ this Advent is more than doing away with the things that don't bring us joy this season. It's also a conscious choice we make to repent, to do an about-face in our living, to change our attitudes and behaviors so that our lives become examples of the Christ we are called to wear every day not just at Advent. You see, as baptized Christians, you and I bear in our own bodies the mark of Christ's death and resurrection. We have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and we belong to God. And into the darkness of our world, you and I are called, especially in this season, to remember our call to put on Jesus who is the armor of light. It's interesting that Advent arrives when earth is darkest. Near mid-December, when we experience the winter solstice as the sun's apparent path is farthest north, into this physical darkness, and into a world that is often more attracted to the darkness of fear, where we are confronted every day with division and violence and anxiety and death. Isaiah reminds us there is something different coming. The people who walked in darkness, they've seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. Yes, there is a different clothing God is calling us to put on and wear this advent into our hope filled tomorrow's, and it is the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on, Paul says, the armor of light. There's an old Chinese proverb that says it's better to light a candle than curse the darkness. Meaning it's better to do something about a problem than just complain about it. Lately somebody said to me, what's happening in our world today? I just don't understand. I found that same sentiment echoing in my soul. There seems to be an abundance of darkness in the world right now, and it often feels helpless, doesn't it, in the midst of it? But Advent says, wake up. Wake up from your hopeless slumber and curse the darkness and light a candle by putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we can't cure all the injustices in the world. We may not be able to prevent the nations from raging against each other, We may not be able to prevent gun violence, but we can light a whole bunch of candles that when put together can cast out the darkness. When we feed the hungry, when we comfort the grieving, when we stand with others who experience injustice, when we fight for what is right, when we resist the temptation to repay evil with evil, when we clothe the naked and give water to the thirsty, when we visit the sick and those who are in prison, when we do what the world says we shouldn't do, we put on Christ the armor of light and the darkness becomes a little less scary. And by our actions, we do indeed curse the darkness with the hope of Jesus Christ. Is it any wonder that when these four weeks are finished and all the candles on the advent wreath are lit, when the star is illuminated and the light of candles fills this sanctuary, that we will claim again the ancient hope of John's gospel. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What will you wear for Christmas? What is your festive garment? What will you clothe yourselves in to cast out the darkness of your own lives this Advent and to curse the darkness of our world? Let us all put on the Lord Jesus Christ, not just at Advent and in the warm glow of Christmas, but let us put on Christ every day that the light of hope may be seen in us and through us. Let us pray. Light of the world, come into our darkness. Whether that darkness is personal, whether that darkness is in the world, wherever that darkness is, as fear lurks all around us, Remind us to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, to clothe ourselves in that festive garment, that others will see in us joy, peace, love, and hope.
1: Amen.